0: Welcome to Normalized Nudity, where we think, kink, and sync. I'm Sashada Rose. Are you ready to get naked? Let's strip. Welcome to another episode of Normalized Nudity. I am really excited about our next guest. Her name is Nadine, also known as Authentically Nay. Um, before she introduced herself, I just want to share a little bit about how we met. So we met neutrally through um, our brand and business coach, Janelle B. Stewart, and her Content Confident program, which is a content planning um, membership platform. Um, and so she was the one who helped me get my life together and the reason why I can share sexuality content consistently. So I'm going to pass it over to Nadine to talk about um, what does she do, where is she based, and how you can connect with her on socials.
1: Welcome. Thank you so much. I'm really, really excited to be here and just to talk with you today. Um, so my name is Nadine. I am um, authentically now on social media. And really, my whole platform is about helping women to be more authentic in their everyday lives. Um, so by li- by day, I am a communications director at a nonprofit. But I like to say by life, I'm a life coach and I help women just be who they really, really are. I feel like there are so many ways in which We kind of have been taught to mask who we are. And so my goal, I feel like my God given purpose is really about helping people be who they really, really are. So um, that's that's my passion. I do it uh, just by day all the time. Like it's just something that is constantly on my mind. How do I help people be more of themselves every day?
0: Um, She's really amazing at what she does. Um, So I'm going to let her talk a little bit about, she has this confidence challenge um, that I it recently enrolled in. I've been having a really great time. It's this four week thing, and I've we're in week three, I believe. And I actually got to sit in in one of her virtual sessions, and I attended another virtual event of hers. And she has a way of like touching people, connecting people, um, sometimes reading people. And I I don't like that. She can she can chill on that just a little bit. But um, I'm gonna let you talk a little bit about your confidence challenge
1: be reading people. I just, you know, I just be out here trying to to help the people be themselves. But um, yeah, so I'll talk a little bit about the Confidence Challenge. It's called the Rise and Shine Confidence Challenge. And really, I was just inspired by this idea that everybody has a special light. Everybody was born with something that they should and and can offer to the world. Um, But I think that for different reasons, for whatever reason, we dim our lights, right? Whether it's our upbringing, some of us have really rigid cultural upbringings that prevent us from really being authentic. There are lots of reasons, and I'm not even going to try to run the gamut. But the point is that The goal of this challenge was to help people be confident in who they really, really are. So it's called Rise and Shine just because of that. I want people to rise and shine to be who they really, really are. So it is four weeks and we're just exploring different facets of um, confidence, right? And I, we start with learning about ourselves and finding ways to really deeply explore who we are as people, you know, practices of self-inquiry. What, is it, what does it really mean to inquire of yourself? Who are you? How do you know who you are? Do you get feedback from yourself when you ask yourself those questions of who am I? What do I need right now? Um, and then just the elements of exploring that, like, are there passions that you have that you explore? Are there things that you've been wanting to try out that you never have for fear of being judged um, things like that these are the things that we're focusing on because these are all really deeply connected to authenticity and deeply connected to confidence so um, it's been it's been a journey and I think also just even for me personally it's been really enlightening which is which is my hope for everybody who's participating so
0: Yeah, it's definitely that. So in full transparency and vulnerability for why I signed up for this challenge, I kind of had two areas that I feel like have been attacking my confidence that in the time that we've been um, talking to each other and we're also accountability partners for each other. And in communicating with you, one was the fact that I'm not going to blame quarantine But it's a part of it. I'm not going to blame, you know, working from home, but it's a part of it. But I am the largest I've been in my life. And if I'm being really transparent, like the last time I went to the doctor was the first time like being weighed in over 200 pounds. And they say you got to be two-some to do some. So I guess I finally (laughs) hit... So I guess I finally hit that two club and that was like really devastating for me and kind of has taken some, like a hit to my self-confidence and self-outlook. So I was like, okay, I need to do this work. And the other part of it for me is that there's a lot of gifts. Like we talk about shining your light and your authenticity. Part of my gift is to be a teacher and an ongoing learner and sexuality has been an interest for me for as long as I can remember. And it's only in the short time that we've met and honestly with your encouraging feedback that I've decided to finally like open up and extend my offerings into sex coaching and leaning completely in there. So I signed up for this challenge to kind of um, challenge myself and do some reflection and kind of take some ownership to show up fully and move fully in my power, despite having some of these um, things that I'm feeling and things that I'm going through. And so with that, I want to make sure like for the rest of this conversation, the topic we're going to get into actually like needs to be said. And I want to make sure I'm using appropriate language because I feel like words are important and the words that we choose are important. So there's so many words to describe women who are plus size. Some people say like BBW, some people say plush pal, some people use words that are more insensitive, like fat and so on. Like What, do you, what word do you think is most appropriate? Um, and I would like to use that language moving forward.
1: Sure. So, I mean, I just want to say generally that, and, and this is, I'm going to say generally that words have the meaning that we assign to them, right? Mm. And so I'm saying that only to recognize that different people have different perspectives on certain words. And so I'm not going to assign a value to any of them. I will say that for me, typically people call me plus size. I refer to myself as plus size, but I have had to do a lot of work with making decisions about what fat means to me, right? I've grown up in a caribbean household mm-hmm. and all, all my life <laughs> you already know if you if you're a you girl that's the first thing um, they talk about girl exactly everywhere everywhere right um and so i i will say plus side plus size works for me but i'm also fine with fat because that's what it is you know it's i don't assign additional meaning to it you know
0: yeah i love that i love the idea of reclaiming kind of like how initially my thought is Ooh, don't use that word that might be insensitive, but kind of like how women are just reclaiming a lot of words. We're reclaiming hoe, we're reclaiming slut, we're reclaiming whore. And in fact, it's just another word that we also can reclaim if we feel like, like you said, we want to place a different value, or different connotation to the term. So I appreciate that. Um, So how do you feel like the public views and treats Black femmes, specifically
1: Black femmes who are plus size? That's a loaded question for me. And I I think it's because when I think about answering that question, I have two experiences. I have one that is the present time in comparison to like 15 years ago, where I feel Mm. like being publicly proud of who I am, showing parts of my body more freely, things like that, would have been way more frowned upon years ago, right? And now it's just so so much more prevalent, especially with social media. And so there's a part of me that's like they're very accepting, like it, it it's we are here and nobody can do anything about it, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the other part of it is like difficult for me to say that the world is accepting because I've had personal experiences recently that have made me feel othered, right? And mm. and I mean I can go into certain experiences, but I think it it, it runs the gamut from things like Going to a restaurant or going to an event that's meant for women or women of color and recognizing like wow, that seat I can't fit in it you know mm-hmm. I've been to a conference before and super excited to be at the conference it's a three day conference and I stood in every single room that I was in for the three days because mm-hmm. none of the seats could accommodate me right and so that's something that there's there's just a general lack of sensibility around the experience of being plus size right and so experiences like that make it really hard for me to say oh yeah it's easy for me to show up as a plus size woman a black plus size woman that's proud of my size things like that so um I feel I feel kind of both ways about that you know yeah that makes a lot of sense um Um, I feel
0: like there's like such a large body positivity movement and there is ways that I feel like there's like a large sensual liberation movement, a large queer movement. And, you know, I feel like there's a lot of movements that get me excited, like, okay, we're moving more towards inclusion. Or I have the recognition that like, okay, we're more inclusive than we were before. But there's so many ways that I feel like the gap is just nowhere near closed and we have so much work to do. So when did the body positivity movement even start? So there's no exact date, but there are two key messages that converged. So the first is the birth of fat activism in the 1970s, and the second is women are rebelling against unrealistic beauty standards. When the internet really hit a boom in the early 2000s, this added a layer of cyberbullying and body shaming, as well as gave birth to platforms voicing their love for all bodies. But as far as social media is concerned, the body positivity movement is said to have started in 2012 and even in this body positivity movement um do you feel like all body types are accepted and even like if we just narrow and just think about plus size bodies do you feel like all plus size bodies are accepted in the movement
1: and and within the plus size within the body positivity movement
0: Yeah, I would say, even if you were thinking about it, just like within the plus side movement, do you feel like, I feel like that's one of the branches. Like, I feel like there's body positivity is like this overarching thing, but I feel like a part of body positivity, I think, I like to think about things, even though things are on a spectrum, we like to think about things in the binary. And I feel like a lot of times people who fall in between are kind of like left out. So I always feel like things are treated about, like like the extremes. When I think of body positivity, I don't feel like people talk about medium sized women's quote unquote, so to speak. It's like women who are slender, making sure they feel like they can be slender and you're still womanly. If you don't have all these thighs and hips and this and that, and then women who are plus size, okay, we got to make sure you're comfortable. And, but there's so many sizes, shapes, heights, and things in between. And that doesn't really get addressed as much. I feel like it's like the petite plus size postpartum bodies. Mm -hmm. I feel like those are the kind of like trends I see most common in terms of body. And then everyone else is like, figure it out. (laughs) But (laughs) in terms of like, just figure it out. Oh, well, or like, or like, you know, I don't know what quote this is, but it's something to the effect of like, I feel like there's like this rank, you know, like if you are not in these categories, you have no reason to complain. So I guess the person who's quote unquote medium body, you're not skinny. What are you, what are you bitching about? You're not plus size. What are you bitching about? You're not a mom dealing with postpartum body. What are you bitching about? So I do feel like sometimes there's like these categories, but, um, so for plus size bodies in particular, do you feel like with that movement, um, do you feel like all plus size bodies are welcomed or represented?
1: I don't feel like we're all, I don't feel like we're all represented. So earlier when you said, you know, two something ready to do something, I was laughing because I heard, I don't remember who it is, but <laughs> I heard this person on social media say something like three something ready to see something. And I was laughing. <laughs> I was like, I was like, that's me baby. Right. And um, you know, I, I think that when I look, when I span social media and I'm looking at, I'm looking for, for me, I'm looking for me. I don't see myself. Right. Because mm. I I think the category that I fall into is that if you look at the numbers on the scale in your mind, you might picture a person who's maybe boxy or larger Mm. or kind of like amorphous. Like, you know, you might, you might picture, you might have a version of what that looks like in your mind. Right. But I don't, I, I, I don't think I fit that stereotype. And the other part of it is that there are smaller kind of, more, um, stereotypical plus size women, right? Like Mm. the ones that are the models, the size 14s, the size 12s, the size eights. Right. Mm. And I'm not that either. I'm far from that. Right. So it, 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 I feel this, um, disassociation in in some ways with, with that community, especially when I'm interacting with men, because I'll hear the like, oh, be you know, I like my girls BBW. Okay. Drake. (laughs) <laughs> right? Exactly. Exactly. And I'm like, what do you mean by that? Because let's talk about it. Let's right? talk like, about it. What's BBW talk- to you? Right. Because am I really what you're talking about? right mm. you know? um, And so I, I think that's hard for me. And, and I think it's also part of why, you know, when I think about why authenticity matters to me so much, I think it's because in so many ways in my life, I've been othered and I've had to kind of find my own space, like just generally, like, I feel like, you know, even with being Caribbean American, I I found that sometimes with people who are from the West Indies born and raised, they call me a Yankee. They're like, girl, get out of here. Right. But then, you know, with my people who are born in America, just like I am, I I don't have the same exact upbringing because I grew Mm -hmm. up in a Caribbean household. So there's this like this binary cultural experience. Yeah. Right. But there's this space in between where people exist and we don't necessarily address those people in between, so I feel like in many spaces, especially as it comes as it pertains to the plus size community, I feel like i'm I'm in the middle somewhere too, you know,
0: yeah, no that makes a lot of sense i I do feel like there is a i don't know if this is correct to say, but I feel like there is this stereotypical plus size woman body that gets showcased often, and it's sure. still it's still very um cinched waist, it's still it's still it's still a it's still a body type, you know, if you know, like you know, there's different body types. It's still hourglass, so to speak. Um yep. and it's still you know mostly flat tummy, just thick thighs, big butt, big breasts, big bust or whatever. And so I do feel like even though we're like body positivity, go, 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 plus five women, we're making stuff for you now. There's still a particular body type that you see. Like I was on Fashion Nova website yesterday and I was on Shein yesterday, but on Fashion Nova, it's like, there's like Fashion Nova for plus size women. And I'm this very awkward size where I'm like too big and like too big for like small shit, but I'm not all the way plus either. But usually I have more luck in that realm. So I'm looking at it and I'm like every model, whether I was looking at plus clothes or not had the same like copy paste, copy paste, copy paste type of body. So I'm thinking about even in the midst of trying to Like, y'all can't even do inclusivity correctly. Like, I just feel like even when you're trying to be inclusive and be like, oh, hey, let's showcase more skin tones. Let's showcase more bodies. And, you know, it still looks very um, generic and it still looks like there's just one look to this. And it just makes me think about not just how um, plus size bodies are represented in fashion, but represented in TV and media. Like, not a lot of lead roles are going to plus size women, you know not a lot of um music focuses on plus you know other than that our shout out from drake you know you right. don't really hear a lot of people in in music especially i mean i'm thinking about rap culture and mm-hmm. music that you know music that i li- listen to whether i'm listening to rap or whether i'm listening to some reggae and they are talking about tucking your belly and this and that and you know right yeah. they, so regardless of whatever music is relevant to my culture and the music i listen to i'm not hearing like Let me see the roles. Let me see this. Let me see this. Like, shit, that's just totally normal, like normal bodies. That is not what I am hearing. And it doesn't necessarily make me feel affirmed. And it makes me think same thing. I had to have the same intersectionality of being born in the States, um, being first generation Haitian, and also having parents who always talk about weight. Not just my parents, but family. It's the first thing Mm -hmm. they comment on. Like, when I was vegan for almost two years, they thought I was sick. When I put on weight, I'm talking about somebody else who if you Haitian or if you're from the islands, belly and they're talking about me in my way. And it's like, sir, <laughs> ma'am, but I, you know, and it's really annoying. And it's one of those things like, you know, if you're going to be a polite, um, even though you are an adult, you have to respect your elders and they're allowed to say and do whatever. But I do think um, this past Thanksgiving I respectfully, not respectfully popped off on my dad because I hadn't seen him in a while. And I'm excited to see him. The first thing he said was about my weight. And I blacked on that nigga, I'm not gonna lie. I blacked on that nigga. I was like, you haven't seen me in a year. Not hello, not happy to see you, not how you're doing, not give me a hug, give me a kiss. The first thing you do is comment on my weight. And a lot of times I get more and more self-conscious about my body and my weight when I'm around family. Cause it's like, you know, you ever watch some African movies, how they react like, oh. Ah, yeah. Like <laughs> dramatic as fuck and that's how Haitians are too just really animated in there so it's like damn you would have thought the world was ending and it was just I saw you and I have to comment on your way. and so yeah. it's you know it's just it's just you know it's just really sensitive sensitive topic
1: yeah I mean that that has always been my experience and I think it's it's hard because I mean going back to what you were saying about just like seeing ourselves in media and stuff like that like I was thinking about the fact recently that I've never really seen a lot of plus-size romantic interests right like and if and if I have Mm -hmm. just growing up it was something that was um comedy right it was something like Shallow Howl right where there's this huge woman and like this guy happens to love her but you know it's 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 that, or it's the Parkers where this woman who's plus size is chasing this man who wants nothing to do with her and like consistently fat shames her. Right. So that, that was what I grew up knowing and understanding and, and using to assess my worth romantically, which is really crazy if you think about it. Right. And so that's something that, again, it, it just requires so much unlearning. And I think, I mean, I'm grateful to have had partners and like, been in relationships where I've, I've learned my worth, not just because they were like, man, you're beautiful. But it was just like, I I actually remember, I have a memory from when I was young um, with my grandmother who passed away. But like, you know, I was raised by her. And I remember I used to get teased all the time in school. I mean, child, kids, Kids. Wow. They are just a different tier. They're different levels of, of mean. Right. And so the, the things that I used to be told about my body were really, really hard. I would come home crying. And I remember saying to her, like, I just am so ugly. Like, look at my face. And she said to me, what do you think your face looks like? And I said, I feel like I look like the people on TV. And she laughed. And she was like, what do you mean by that? I was like, I feel like I have a regular face. And she was like, do you know that the people on TV are beautiful? Like, do you understand that they're chosen because they have like, and she started kind of breaking that down to me. Right. And Mm. I understand now, I mean, not that TV is a great standard for measuring beauty. Right. But like, I understand now what she was saying that my perception about who I was, was like completely shaped from outside. I had not, I didn't have any kind of perception of myself for myself, right? So growing up and making decisions about what it means to live in my body, what it means to define the worth of the person who lives in this body, right, Um, was something that I had to do. And certainly, if not anywhere else around family, right, because of exactly what you were talking about. Like, I've been in family situations where family members have uh, from across the room been like, have you eaten? Oh, we bet you have like stuff. Yeah. Wow. Like stuff, I've, yeah. Had, I've had very traumatic experiences and the gag is these are people who love me. I, I don't doubt that they love me. It's that yeah. this is their experience. They don't know anything. That's how their parents treated them, you know? So mm-hmm. it's also just like separating that, like, that's your business, bro. Like I'm good on that. Like, I'm not going to take that. I'm not going to internalize that. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, it's definitely a lot. They need to do
0: better. And if they're not going to be better, that's fine. We'll do better. Um, but I seen this tweet the other day and the tweet said, I, I'm going to tell you what the tweet said. And I'm going to disclaimer that I think he was trying to say a compliment. But I saw this tweet the other day that was going all over the place and it said, date you a big woman because her whole body feel like ass. And I think what he's trying to say is she's soft all over. <laughs> but this man, I was just like, oh, the delivery, the delivery, the delivery li- li- was terrible. But I see a lot of like little tweets like that, like, you know, date you a woman because she's bigger woman because she's soft. Date you a bigger woman, mm-hmm. she's going to make sure you eat. Date you a bigger woman because mm-hmm. she's going to suck the soul out your dick. I don't know what size, body size has to do with your oral skills. I'm not exactly okay. sure, but there's just a lot of little conversation about um like dating a plus size woman or or a a larger male as well and so do you think like it's like quote-unquote trendy to date someone who is um plus size do you feel like there's like because I'm not exactly sure I'm just gonna gauge you know off of your experience I feel like I'm seeing some weird thing between like people who maybe secretly like bigger Mm -hmm. people but don't want the public to know or want a sneaky link with them or something not claiming i'm just thinking about the things i've observed in high school with guys who dealt with a big girl and then didn't want their friends to know and if she said something would like outcast her and you know what i mean like Mm -hmm. instead of just being like that's your bitch it's cool bro you know what i mean like it is what it is so yeah do you think like this is like liking plus size women or bigger men is this like some trendy shit do you feel like some people just secretly like like what do you think is going on there like socially and in our dating world a little bit?
1: Yeah, so, I mean, I definitely think that it's cool right now for men to publicly say, I love big women, right? I, I think that there is some social clout that comes with that. Um, certainly from plus-size women, right? Um, But I can't speak to the actual intentions of every single person who, speak, who does that, who posts things like that. But what I will say is that my personal experience has very much for years been that men approach me secretly, right? So they're the ones who publicly are like, yo, you the homie, what's up? You know what I mean? And then behind closed doors, it's a different conversation, right? Or they want to have sex with me. They 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 want to be physical with me. But, and, and then all the other things, like you want to talk on the phone with me for hours on end. You want to hang out with me. But <laughs> when it actually comes, girl, when it, when it actually comes down to well, what we're actually doing here is being together. So shall we do that? Then it's like, you know what? You're really the homie. And like, I don't really see that. I don't see mm-hmm. you that way. So that has been an experience I've had more than once. I mean, I remember there was a guy who hysterical pursued me. I met him on a dating site and he had basically been hitting me up for months. Like, Hey, or weeks rather like, hey, I'm really interested in you. Hey, I think you're beautiful. Hey, 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 hey. And we actually know some mutual people. So I knew of him, but I just really wasn't that interested. Anyway, long story short, we finally do connect because I'm like, you know what? I'm not super attracted to him, but I'm trying to be open. Like he might be a great guy, like whatever. I'm not trying to miss my blessing. You know what I mean? So connected with him. And the conversation, everything flowed. Like it was just, this was great. I was really excited. And every time we'd be together, we'd hang out. This man's hands are all over me. Like he's trying to kiss me. Like, we're just like, there's definitely a vibe there. But at the time, I basically said to him, I was like, Hey, I I want you to know that like, I'm celibate at this at the moment. And I want to make sure that you know that, but I'm excited to continue this. Right. He's like, okay, cool, cool, cool. After that, Things start slowing down, you know. He's oh like, oh yeah. yeah,
0: he can't get no cheeks. He's like, what I can't. Cal- he's like, I can't clap them cheeks. Oh, okay, sis, <laughs> let me let me fall back on you.
1: He's like, you know, I'm busy. I'm in school thing, you know, he comes up with all of the reasons. And then after a while, I basically was like, sir, listen, I don't do, I don't do the fake. Let's, let's have a real conversation about what's happening here. And he's like, okay, I'll be honest with you. He's like, you're too big for me. He's like, I don't want to be seen publicly with you. He's like, I, he's like, if I'm going to decide to be in a relationship with someone eventually to marriage i need to know that the person that i'm with is a trophy to me like i want to be wow proud. trophy like, dude, it actually came out of his mouth <sighs> the audacity if you not know, got don't- shit else they got audacity listen i was like wow and bro i was not even attracted to you i'm high key still not attracted to you but i was trying <laughs> like, <Literally>. I- <laughs> listen so you know so it was but and that conversation was really, I feel like a pivotal moment for me. Cause the things that he said were actually some of the things that I've always feared. Like, oh my gosh, like, do guys feel this way about me? But he, you know, literally said things to me like, if you lost 80 pounds, you might be attractive, but you're not right now. Like he he wow. said these things out of his mouth, right? But that moment, I don't know, it fortified me in a way that I'd never really expected because I was like, oh, F you, are you serious? Like I just wasn't, it wasn't my. I needed that to happen because I needed the clarity that there are men who will just pretend publicly. Right. Mm. But really at the end of the day, you're here cause you're trying to bust some cheeks. That's basically, what you're you know? um, So it, it's, it's, there's definitely like a of I can't ever say that word, a fetishizing of, um, I think plus size bodies for sure. Um, and I think to be honest, I think it's something that I struggle with when I'm, I'm single, you know, so when I struggle, I, when I'm meeting people, I kind of go back and forth between like, do I want to meet a man who's like, I love plus size women. Like I want to be with a plus size woman, like who will celebrate my body. Right. Um, versus like a man who's just like, I think you're beautiful period. Like I've dated slim women, tall women, short women, fat women, like because I, in one way, I don't want to only be acknowledged or celebrated because I'm big, you know, um, but the 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 experience of being with a plus size woman is a unique one. And, mm. and I want you to, to be familiar and be comfortable with it and not come at me on some like, oh, you're not a trophy after a while. You know what I mean? Mm.
0: Yeah, so. that trophy one. I'm not I'm not feeling man's on that one at yeah. all. Yeah. So you mentioned like you were on like online, you met him or you were communicating with him on online dating platforms. So something else that I know like that exists in those spaces is like, um, commonly said is like oh if she only has face pictures then don't swipe her she's a big girl mm-hmm. and if, if you're not interest, interested in a big girl then don't even swipe her women that only do x or y or z whatever mm-hmm. so do you feel like with like online dating do you are you intentional about like no bitch i need you to know i'm giving the category is body. Okay. And I am serving and I understand the assignment. So I need you to know (laughs) this is what it is
1: at the door. I, I invented the assignment, baby. I invented it. Okay. So always, always. Yes. My, I don't have, first of all, Hide hide me for what? Why? You know what I mean. So it's like yes, you're gonna see. It's like sometimes I'll be like, wow, should I should I add some just some plain face pictures? Like because I'm really intentional about showing my whole body. I really really am. And I think, you know, I I I don't want to pretend that that has always been easy. You know, I think that there have been times when I've grappled with even with showing my full body. Right? Like how do I show my full body but not like feel like I'm over-sexualizing myself, right? Because I'm curvy. Am I showing, am I showing a side shot? Like, am I, I there's, there's been a lot of thought that I've had to put into mm. what it means to like show my full body pictures. And um, so I've, I've always been really um, keen on showing full body pictures and I, and I love doing that because yeah, you're gonna, you're gonna see the whole thing. There's no catfishing here. There's no, we're not doing that. I've done that before. I'm not going to hold you. I, In my, in my early AOL days, I, I was. You said AOL.
0: Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> Did that sound like the dial up era. Jesus. It was. It was. It was.
1: <laughs> that is hilarious. Yeah. I mean, I've, yeah, I've grown a long way from that, but I think it's necessary. Like, and I want to see, it's funny because even recently, like, I interacted with a man on um, one of the dating apps. I can't remember which one. And I found him attractive. You know, I could tell Mm. that he was on your body. Um, But all of his pictures were basically like chest level up. So I couldn't really see much else, you know. So when we got to talking, I basically said to him, you know, do you have any more pictures? Like basically, why haven't you posted other pictures? Let me see. Let me see. Come on. And he said to me, because I'm fat. And I was like, oh, well, this is a no for me. Because I, I can't, I actually just am not in the space to like be with someone who hasn't done that work for mm. themselves, right? And and everybody's on a journey of like doing their own work and like coming to terms with who they are. But I have done so much work for myself that being with someone who's still dealing with that, that I feel like it has a potential to pull me back into this like, hmm self clothing yeah I've so hard on for my for for so many years you know so um that was a no for me but it's it's a thing on social media I mean on online dating you know online for dating.
0: sure yeah 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 um I can say that I you know I've always been attracted to bigger men but I ain't gonna hold you guys I'm not going to hold you I'm scared of the dick. That's why I never dated bigger men. It's nothing to do with them being big. I don't really have a problem with that, but I was always scared to deal like date bigger guys because I was like, is the dick right? I'm sorry about the clapping, but is the dick going to be right? Okay. Because there is definitely some like science behind like, you know, fat around the pelvic mound and it takes away from the shaft and I need all the shaft I could get. Okay. And then the other part that's like hilarious is I also like, I'm not no small bitch. Like I'm a decent height. You know, you got to move some things, lift some things to get to where you need to get to. And I need to know you got some reach and I'm not trying to dick shave, but like, that was something that was always a concern for me. But um, my most recent partner, partner, he's, you know, he big sexy and, you know, and I, and I love it and it's great. So I don't, I know, I don't have a problem. Shout out to the niggas who um have beards yeah I'm being that person who are six feet with beards
1: listen, listen. got <laughs> listen. A,
0: okay. a little belly with some nice shoulders shout Ooh, out to that all of you <laughs> oh the back belly the chest. it's the it's the chest for me it's the chest the arms the back with a little belly just what a little is called, uh, what is it called the tops it's the, the, the classicals Oh, I don't even know what the that fuck that is. that is. Oh, is it that part that lifts up on your shoulders? Whatever the fuck
1: that is up there, that that's shit. called the traps, girl. girl. It's it's the traps for me. It's only I don't know
0: anatomy, but I am a sucker for that. It's been great. Same, same. So have you ever been on a blind date? Has anyone like tried to match you with their friends? And what was that like for someone mm. like, oh, this wasn't what I expected, or
1: ooh, this is what I like, or whatever. How what was your experiences with that? I have been on a blind date. Um, Pleasant experience, but I think that at the end, you know, I was in a space where I was like, okay, I'm interested in getting to know this person more. He was certainly very kind to me. He did not make me feel like, like I, I didn't, while I was with him on the date, I had no idea how he felt about me. I was not, I didn't feel like he was repulsed by me, nor did I feel like he was like, I'm digging this girl. Like, it was just such a great flow, right? We had a good conversation. Um, but then that was it. Like it it just never nothing ever materialized, nothing became romantic. Um every now and then he'll hit me up and be like, happy Juneteenth, or just like random. <laughs> right. Please oh, don't 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 send me the holiday text. Don't put me on the <laughs> chain text. Don't do that, sir. <laughs> Right, which is also very confusing, right? Because I, I think it just goes back again to like these men having interest, and I think because they are very mindful of their communities, their image, what it might look like for them to be publicly attracted to uh, a plus size woman, maybe they they don't take chances on 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 things that could go well. That's my experience. So yeah, I have been on blind dates. Um, frankly, not a fan, not trying to do it again. I don't want anybody <laughs> to hook me up with nobody. Like, why, why are we doing blind? Why are we doing blind anything in 2021? <laughs> why, why, why? Give them my social, give them, come on. You got too many pictures on me social media. <laughs> go to my social, take a picture, take a screenshot, do what you need to do. Cause I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going through the emotional turmoil it's too much work. Like for me to enter into a situation where I'm wondering, you know, am I this person's type? Do they have a type? Are they Mm -hmm. like, why? I don't want to go through all of that. You know? So, um, I'm not, not interested. No, definitely not.
0: Yeah. That's a lot. Um, I've never done a blind date before. I don't think, I just know I don't, like people for real, for real. Like I tolerate humans (laughs) barely. (laughs) So I feel like if I had to interact with someone that not only I not know, but not know what they look like, I don't know. I feel like I would be polite, but I'd be like, I would just fade off after that.
1: Yeah. And I feel like I'm, I'm also just thinking back to some experiences that I've had where I've like spoken to people on video chat that I've met on dating sites and Mm-hmm. it's not the same child. It's not the same as meeting in person. Cause, cause on the flip side, I'm not even worried about what you think about me. I'm just not trying to be here. Cause wow. I just feel bamboozled. I saw you, what I saw on video doesn't feel like what I'm looking at in real life. Like, it's just really So, um, I just, yeah. I mean, I, I think that in an ideal world, you know, if we are meeting up, it's not, a uh, a date where we're doing dinner. I'm doing something a little bit more like non-committal. Can we get a drink? Can we get coffee? Can we go for a walk? Can we anything that is not doesn't have to be longer than an hour? You know.
0: I feel you on that. Start low <laughs> and then work our way low. up. Like you don't even no. got to spend a lot of bread on me because you're not yeah. getting any buns. So you know, let's start light. Let's walk somewhere. Start with a little bit of coffee, something like that. Exactly. And, let's um, go.
1: Back. We don't even have. You don't got to spend the money on me. Too. Okay.
0: <laughs> I, i'm infamous i'm infamous for shit like that um do you feel like there's any trend between like men who are attracted to you like or uh, men that you are attracted to and are attracted to you so i feel like a lot of times i see the same like image over and over like big sexy guy short petite girl you know plus size woman tall skinny male you know, and I'm not saying every single relationship meets this aesthetic, but it's, it's something that I just feel like I just see. I, I just, It's just something that I see. Like, do you feel like there's a trend with, like around the men who are attracted to you or interested in you, or you feel like it just ranges? Um, and then
1: you, like the men you're attracted to, or it ranges? Zero. There's probably negative range in my in my book. Literally, my friends all make the joke that Every single one of my exes looks exactly alike, that they all look like <laughs> other, And it's actually for kicks one day. I literally made a collage of, of like, all your exes. And it's actually it's actually troubling. I'm not gonna hold you, it's troubling. Like they <laughs> they all look the same. And wow. so it it's interesting because what you just said is is kind of almost the opposite of my experience. Like, I feel like I heard at one point in my life that people tend to be attracted to people who look or appear like them. Yes. I've heard that in psychology Mm -hmm. in some way. Right. And I think that's true for me for sure, because the guys who I'm most attracted to who often are attracted to me are husky, they're dark skin. Mm. They tend to be like just, and, and like, well put together, you know, just Mm. like good looking people, you know, they got some extra meat on them. Just they look strong, strong back. <laughs> strong, you know, just strong. <laughs> strong child, right? So like, so um, yeah, all of my exes literally look the same. I mean, there've been a few outliers here and there, but I tend to be attracted to the same type of man, uh, always bearded, lightly Ooh, dimpled. I'm trying, I'm trying to- <laughs> Ooh, it's um, just a blessing. I know, I know. But you know what? To be honest, I'm I'm trying to broaden my horizons because I am in this new space right now of going where my curiosity takes me. Mm. So if I meet someone, or even if I'm swiping on a dating app and for a split second, someone catches my eye, for whatever reason, I'm going to just swipe engage. right. Yeah, I'm going to engage. I want to get to know who this person is. Um, also child because... That category of men that I've been with uh, have not had great experiences, mm. right? But obviously, that that's not a common thing for every dark skin, you know, bearded, beard, clearly, Ooh. right? But, um, but this is just me being in a space of, like, being open, right, to what finds me, being open to uh, my natural curiosity, being open to what I'm naturally drawn to, you know?
0: Yeah, I'm I'm definitely with you on the like people being attracted to who looks like them. Um, I've definitely looked at some different things on some various social experiments where they took like 10 women, 10 men, put them in a room, had them rate each other one to 10 and then matched them up. And they found that. And what they did, they scanned faces. I think they put something on YouTube. Um, but what they did was scan their faces and use certain markers and points to rate, quote unquote, attractiveness. And the way they got those rates and markers is they had. Other participants look at hundreds and hundreds of photos and rate them and then looked at certain markers on facial features to figure that out. And what they found was that people were, you know, matching up or attracted to people who were equally rated, um, that they rated and that were equally rated, like, I guess socially would have been rated a certain number as well. So I found that interesting. So I couldn't find that YouTube video to save my life, but instead I got lost in a rabbit hole of reading and looking at articles about attractiveness and dating. So I'll save you the time. Here's my synopsis. People date people with similar levels of attractiveness, both on how they perceive themselves and how they're rated by others. We naturally gravitate towards like attractiveness. And for instances where we believe there's mismatch attractiveness, so if you see that couple where you feel like, hmm, how did that really beautiful woman end up with that really ugly guy or vice versa, it's found that people who are in these quote unquote mismatch attractiveness relationship tend to be in those partnerships because they've known each other for a great length of time. So it's not because they or mismatch and decide to align or some weird opposite attract is just because they've known each other but we already know that a nigga with money can buy his bitch regardless of what he looks like and then the last key that's super important is that similar attractiveness doesn't indicate compatibility so just because you have two good looking partners or supposedly two ugly looking partners that is it doesn't have any correlation about the success of that relationship and then my dating history is I, I don't have a height preference. So I'm not like every guy I'm with has to be over six feet. But I do tend to date men who are brown skin. Like I'm brown skin. Like I'm not light skin. I'm not dark skin. I'm just brown skin. Both of my parents are brown skin. So I tend to be attracted to men who are also brown skin as well. Um, Mine is my current partner. He He's dark skin. So it's Look, at, look at this.
1: <laughs> okay.
0: I'm blushing. He gonna listen to this. Like shout out to me. <laughs> but yeah so I I agree with the with the level of attraction and likeness Mm -hmm. piece um so how do you feel about there's like a lot of stuff with like um like fat activism and um Mm -hmm. there's a couple of organizations I'm not going to name them because they might come for me they got money but there's one organization in particular that's like super anti-diet culture they do a lot of work in terms of like rights and inclusion that I think someone needs to be doing that work But there's something that are alarming. I kind of came across a lot of um, people leaving reviews on social media that once they were a part of this community, it was very anti, Get I guess the difference between like body acceptance versus like health concerns. And there were people in the group who... Would get like um, gastric surgery done. So, get like a stomach sleeve or get a triple bypass and wanted to share their journey with the rest of the community. And then were outed by like some of the leaders and founders and administrators of the group. And they were sharing their stories or anytime they were on a diet and was like, hey, I'm trying this thing. It was very like, you don't need a diet. Just stay like, and it's very weird because I feel like I teeter totter the line of like, love yourself, accept your body. But I also care about like, no, I also want you to be healthy and I want you to live a long life and, and and live that life as like as healthy as you can. So like, what are your thoughts on that? I don't know if you've seen anything about that, but what are your thoughts on people who choose to do like gastric surgery as an option, for instance, or maybe even plastic surgery? Because a lot of times some people lose a lot of weight and then they have to deal with the excess skin. There's no extra, you can't exercise away. Access skin, there's nothing you can do about that. So um, yeah, what are your thoughts on like plastic Mm -hmm. surgery, gastric surgeries? I don't know if you know of any organizations or communities that are forming, you know, fat activism is, I can't get the word out, fat activism and all these other things that are going on. Now you know I have to come through with some random factoids. So a stomach sleeve, or more properly a sleeve gastrectomy, is a weight loss procedure where your stomach is reduced to 15% by cutting the larger lower portion and some of the curvature and leaving behind a sleeve. Whereas a gastric bypass involves your stomach being cut into two parts, a small and large hooch or pouch and then that pouch those pouches are connected to the small intestine and so to qualify for a sleeve procedure you need a BMI of 35 to 39 and to qualify for a bypass a BMI of 40 or higher and then regardless of the procedure if you have un- underlying health conditions such as like diabetes but high blood pressure high cholesterol those are other supporting factors for why you would qualify So while we're here, I was really curious to know who the hell created the BMI chart and why. So it was created by this guy named Lambert Aldafe Jacques Quetelet, which sounds French as hell, but apparently this nigga is from like Belgium. Um, But he was an astronomer, mathematician, statistician, sociologist. So back in the 1830s, they were curious to figure out how to determine whether someone was healthy or not based on them being over or underweight. So he came up with this formula, which is super flawed, and I've known it was flawed for some time, but looking into it really gave me some validation, but the original formula formula was bmi equals weight in kilogram divided by height squared as we know we're actually 3d right three-dimensional figures so this formula is not taking into account all of the different shapes and sizes and factors like muscle mass and so because of this other people tried to figure out um other ways to measure have a more accurate measure of, of people's um health based on if they're over or underweight. And one way was to look at the waist to height ratio to avoid misclassifying people. So I've always known this ship was flawed. Even when I was at my fittest, like in high school and early undergrad, according to the BMI chart, I would still be considered overweight. So I share all of this to say that care about your health of course, but don't get too hung up
1: on these numbers. Yeah. Um, simply put my take on it is your body, your choice, right? Like you literally do what you want to do with your body. Right. And that will always be like the baseline for this conversation for me. Um, I have many friends who've, who've done weight loss surgery, right. Again, their body, their choice. I also know people who are like, I would never do that. I'm fat. I'm going to be fat till I die. I'm completely fine with that. And again, your body, your choice. I'll speak for myself, when it comes to even, even before speaking to to, about myself, I do think that we conflate body positivity and body image with health. Right. So in a way that big people are not always unhealthy in the same way that slim people are not always healthy. Mm. Right. So I think we need to name that first. Right. And then the second part of it is like speaking for myself. So, I have since I was 18 years old, been every time I've gone to the doctor, they've been like, okay, just be careful because you're pre-diabetic. I'm like, okay, girl, mm. eighteen <laughs> and now 36. I've been out here living my best life for the last 15 years. <laughs> okay. Doing whatever I want to do, eating whatever I feel like eating, whatever. And and I'm I'm putting this in context because I also want you to know that I've I've gone through seasons of working out and losing 50 pounds. I've gone through seasons of gaining 70 pounds and like back and forth. Right. And it literally was not until the pandemic. And I think for many reasons that a lot of people can relate to, you know, being at home, being sedentary, you know, things like that. It wasn't until the pandemic that I actually was diagnosed with diabetes. Mm. At that point, my mindset changed. There was a point where I was like, okay, wow. Okay. So, wow. Like it it changed for me. Right. And so while I am still in a place of like struggling to to be rid of habits that I've had my whole life, right. Of eating things based on just general indulgences or things that I want to do when I want to do it. um, My new concern is now my health. It's like, do I want to be on diabetes medication for the rest of my life? No. Do I want to, feel good about my body because, and when I say feel good about my body, I'm not necessarily talking about how it looks. I'm talking about what my body feels like. Mm -hmm. Like there are effects that come with having diabetes or having high blood pressure or things like Mm -hmm. that. So on a daily basis, I'm now having to deal with the after effects of being diagnosed. Right. And so that is separate and apart from what happens when I look at my body in the mirror. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's really the issue, right? That if if you as a person are unhealthy, big or small, right, putting aside what you look like, child, right? Putting that aside, what are you doing for yourself? And I think part of part of it for me has been learning how to reframe what it means to love myself, right? Mm-hmm. Because I think that I've always been taught to basically punish myself into a smaller body. Mm-hmm. Like you need, you're being punished now because you're overweight and now you need to lose weight. So that was always my mindset. Like, it was always like, a, you got to do this because you're fat and, you know, but, but there's a reframing that I think is really, really necessary to say, I love myself enough to treat my body. Well, mm-hmm. I love myself enough to give my body nourishing things that make it feel good, you know? And there was this one kind of day that I had this epiphany where I was realizing that I am very deeply motivated by inspiration. Like I think a lot of people are, but I'll speak for myself in saying that, like, I think coupled with me, I also have ADHD. So I think coupled with like struggling with executive function and struggling with getting everyday tasks done. Um, I really, it, it means something for me to be inspired to do something. Like I, 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 Get a rush from feeling inspired to do something. And so when it comes to food, it's very hard for me to feel like I have to do this. I have to eat this broccoli. I have to eat this salad. Um, So I had to, at some point, like start to trick myself into saying, like, what can I eat that's inspiring to me? What can I Mm -hmm. eat that's exciting for me? Right. So then it became, then I went on this like path of finding ways to cook foods that I love but that are actually healthy for me. Like, mm-hmm. can I make fried chicken? Cause I love it, but can I make it panko breaded? And can I make it in the oven? Like mm-hmm. I, I went down this path of trying to find ways that didn't feel like punishment, but felt like love. Yes. And so that's kind of still where I am. I think that I struggle with it. I'm not going to hold you. And I'm, I, I want to make it very clear that I'm not out here on some, like I had a salad today, baby. No, I didn't. I had, I had a uh, boneless spare ribs. That's what I had today. So <laughs> I'm just gonna put it out there, right? But I'm I'm saying like that's something that I still am working on. I want to love myself into a healthier body for me, you know. No, oh, I love that
0: you shared that, and you know I've felt something similar too. I'm not gonna hold you. I love food. I love food. I'm Caribbean. We love our sure. spices. We we yeah. make you know we make our plates with an extra scoop. Extra school, yep. extra serving, fuck serving sizes, a lot of carbs, a lot of starch. You know, I'm always yeah. eating bread and plantains and, you know, just all of the shit that just tastes amazing. So right. I've also had like an up and down relationship. That's actually why I stopped being vegan. It, at some point, it felt like a punishment. Like I tried every meat sub you can think of. And I was like, I want the shit I like right. to eat. I just want that. Right. So, yeah, definitely evolving. And um, just I like this balance that you talk about how even if you are doing things to support your health at every point of the way, you're still working on this body acceptance piece, like accepting your body, body acceptance and health being two journeys that are running parallel, but they both need unique, you know, unique attention um, from you. So I love that. So I'm actually this question. It's going to be a little spicy. It's not going to be too spicy, but just a little spicy. I like the season stuff. Just a little spicy. All right. So I love like thinking about inclusion. We had this one conversation about I love making sex toy recommendations and we were talking about a sex toy recommendations. So you, you gave me some specs, like, bitch, I need something that's hands-free that vibrates <laughs> that I can use during partnered sex. I was like, cool. Boom, boom, boom. But one of the things we talked about was a butterfly. And I was just like, I didn't even think I don't own a butterfly. It's not a toy I have in my arsenal, but it was our conversation that made me think about like, they don't make the straps on it like adjustable. It's sure. just the strap. So if it fits, it fits. If it doesn't, it doesn't. So if you got them Mm -hmm. thick thighs that save lives, that bitch will be more like a tourniquet than it is a sex (laughs) toy. (laughs) Because I feel like like it's going to cut the circulation in my thigh instead of Mm -hmm. being this pleasurable moment. So if I was a sex toy company and I was Mm -hmm. looking to be more inclusive and making sure that my products weren't only just all the other things we talk about, waterproof Mm -hmm. and this, you know, body safe. If I wanted to make them more plus size friendly or what, what are some suggestions
1: you would make um for me that's a good question um so i think just off the top of my head anything that is meant to go around any part of my body my legs my waist my whatever i need you to deeply consider how how big can you make that thing because at the end of the day like you said if this is supposed to be a pleasurable experience, right, if this is supposed to be something that makes me feel like it was made for me, for my pleasure, then I think that that has to be the first thing that you consider. It really, really does. Um, There was another thing that I'd seen at one point that was, I don't know, it was like a pillow or something like that, but it was about positions that are more like conducive for like plus size people. And it was like, just things think that, that keep us in mind. Like, what does it mean to keep in mind that the flexibility that one might take for granted in, in sex or right, like different sexual positions or things like that. Like, are there things that you can make to make this easier? Like I'm making, I'm, I'm equating it to like yoga blocks, right? Like, we, we create things for different forms of exercise, right? For plus size people or for people who are uh, kind of debilitated in some way, right? Um, what can we do? And, and I, I wanna make sure that I, I don't frame it as like a disability or something yeah. like that. I'm just saying that whatever you can do to keep the person that, so to make it inclusive, right? Mm-hmm. right? Like to make it inclusive, to keep us in mind, um, that's what I think should be done. I mean, the, the one thing that comes to my mind is certainly straps and, and making those, um, expansive enough. Um, but I can't really think of anything else off the top of my head.
0: Yeah, no, that makes perfect sense. Um, I've been seeing a lot of like cool things coming out where like you can, um, buy strap on things that are like underwear that are like briefs and, the strap piece you can strap the dildo to the front and now that I think about it I don't know if I see those go up past Mm. the you know go up past the extra larve and who's to say that you know you know a stud or someone who or whoever is interested in wearing this type of garment and adding this Mm -hmm. to their collection or having this be a part of their sexual practice can spit and have access to what it is that you are producing so Mm -hmm. um, I think that's super important so I have some mm-hmm. rapid fire questions from followers. They're not, too, they're not too crazy. I had to make sure. Um, but the first one is, um, what brands or stores, et cetera, do you feel like provide clothing and materials for plus size women that is still sexy or still feels like it works? And I'm guessing where they're going for, with that is like, sometimes when you see stuff that's plus size, it ain't cute. I mean, you made it Girl. plus but you didn't make right. it cute. Okay. You made it plus, but you didn't right. make it sexy. Okay. You made both. it plus. like, you know what I'm saying? Like maybe I said, make it bigger not make it ugly. Right. Like what, yeah. like what, like what's going on here? So are there any brands that you love that you're like, no, they're, they're hitting both markers for you. Like they're including mm-hmm. things that are in the sizes that you need, but also it's not looking like we're just going to put a big old, everything's going to be a big old t-shirt, no type of style to it, but yeah. Who are you fucking with?
1: Absolutely. Um, I love this question. So Rebdolls is one of my major, it's R-E-B-D-O-L-L-S. Um they're based in New York. They're woman owned. I think they're I don't know if they're black owned, but they are minority owned. I know for sure. Um, Reb Dolls is one. I love their stuff, and their stuff is affordable and it comes quickly. Curvy Sense is another one. CurvySense.com, uh, and that's S-E-N-S-E. Curvy Sense. I really like their stuff. You get cute rompers, stuff like that, from them. Um, I like Eloquy. Eloquy gives a little. It gives a little matronly every now and then. I'm not going to hold you. Or they give a little, a little, you know, buttoned up every now and then. But you, <laughs> you, you look around and you'll find what you need, right? I, I'm, I'm I'm, an Eloquii stand, I like their stuff. So uh, particularly for quality. Their quality is like top notch. Um, off the top of my head, I would say one more is Honey Child's Boutique. Um, they're like a smaller boutique on, I found them on Instagram, but I actually really like their stuff. And then, lastly, I would say this is a new boutique that I started shopping at. It's called Jay Brooks Boutique, and they do more. They their plus size line is like s- smaller. It's not as it's it's a uh, standard size and plus size shop. But I actually find that their their plus size stuff fits well, um, and it's trendy. Like it, it's good quality. You don't feel like somebody's grandma. Like you feel. You feel cute. So, um, Off the top of my head, those are some of my favorites.
0: Awesome. Like you're the best. I don't know any of those brands, but I can probably try to find them and link them somewhere. Maybe some, you know, someone has heard of them before. And so the last question from a follower. So before you had mentioned how you had linked with this guy on um, social media, but you were like, oh, baby boy, you ain't due the work. So I'm not fucking with you because you haven't done the work. So what advice would you give to someone who is plus size? Like, what is that work? You know, like what's some advice you have for doing that work if they are trying to be like on this body appreciation journey or whatever you want to call that?
1: Yeah, so the work is ongoing, but I think a really important starting point is simply looking at yourself in the mirror every single day fully naked be and just being with yourself. And I think Mm. that applies in so many different areas, right? Like outside of body positivity, it goes back to what I was talking about with the confidence challenge, which is this like process of self-inquiry or looking inward. Right. And I think it applies the same way here. Right. What is it? What comes up for you when you look at yourself in the mirror every day? Is it, Oh my gosh, let me put on clothes quickly. Oh my gosh. I can't even stand to look at this if it's that there's work to be done right mm-hmm. and i'm i'm also not saying this to say that every single day i look at myself in the mirror and be like damn girl look at you right but i'm i'm actively working on what it means to change my self talk like how do i talk to myself like someone that i like how do i talk to myself as if i'm someone who i love I wouldn't talk to a loved one the way that I talk to myself about my body, right? We talked earlier about what it feels like when family members or West Indian people or whoever say things to us about our body. I would never say that to someone. So why am I saying it to myself? And so I feel like it's kind of the first step is really about sitting with what it is that you're telling and you're rehearsing to yourself about you and it's a little bit of fake it till you make it, but I think it's making a decision about what the new narrative is about you. Um, and you have to start rehearsing that new perception um, because the, the idea is really what you see is what you get. I mean, we talk I've, I've I've talked about that many times before. It's this idea that your perception will dictate your reality. Hands down. It's the That's same the way that we can look at the same person and I can say that person is tall and you can say that person is short. It's because your perception is different from mine. And so I get to make a decision about what I see from my perception. So it's making a decision, uh, an intentional decision to change the perception of, of what you see in the mirror. So I feel like that's the starting point.
0: Yeah. I love that mirror activity. Um, I don't want to say ironically, but I guess interestingly enough, I feel very confident in my body naked and feel the complete opposite in the clothes like I feel like really? in clothes, yeah I feel like when I'm by myself naked it's like yes I admire my skin I'm like oh this yeah. is great like it's I just great admire random ass things like oh, okay this beauty mark is here and it's great when I put on clothes it's like uh oh, this doesn't fit the way I need you know then it's like oh, like all of the things yeah like happen and so um You know, just trying to transform that thought. I just want to say thank you to Nadine for coming to chat with me. I enjoyed you, girl. You dropped some gems. So before you slide out, could you finish this statement? We should normalize.
1: We should normalize. I guess that plus people exist in the world. And And that sounds maybe really general, but I think it just means that there are so many experiences that I've had everyday experiences, going to restaurants, going to conferences, like where the the infrastructure is clearly not built for someone my size. Seats that don't fit me, having to ask for different like um, seats at restaurants. It's a thing that I've experienced more often than I care to admit. So I really just want to normalize that there are these other experiences that really aren't other. They, we're out here, plus size people are out here We and, and we need to be accommodated too, you know? Well said.
0: I really appreciate you rocking with me. And as always, I want to leave you with some questions to be introspective about, spark some dialogue, but here they go. How do you treat plus size people? Do you stare? Do you make fun? Are you comfortable fucking them, but you're not comfortable seeing them in public? How are you treating plus size people? And if you identify as someone who is plus size, that is your truth and that is your life. How are you treating yourself? And how are you treating others? The next question, what are some ways that you can be more inclusive? As we heard Nadine shared earlier, if you're planning an event for Black women or Black men or whatever it is that you're doing, have you taken into account plus size bodies, how they're going to be accommodated in that space? How can they be included and feel comfortable? What is your relationship with your body? Do you have any health goals? And how can you set them in a way that's realistic and comes from a place of love, not punishment? And then the last one, when do you feel safest in your body? You can connect with me on socials at Rose underscore on Instagram and Twitter. You can also find me on YouTube and Patreon. Don't forget to rate, review, and share this podcast. Thank you for listening.